The Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. It is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. So brought to you by the SGPN Bowl Challenge. It's a $250 cash and a $250 gift card up for grabs and exclusively on the SGPN app. Let it ride. Welcome to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Uh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oaklawn, and I've got with me the man from the mean streets of Reading, Pennsylvania. That's right. <laughs> he did some bad things, Phil, being Philly adjacent. They blew up a chicken man in Philly last night. And they blew up his house, too. I'm sorry I ratted you out like that. That was like me shooting someone and then going to the studio and doing a flow about it like <laughs> 30 minutes later. Hey, so, I'm always glad to give a shout out to my Redding Roots. And, uh, and you know, all of us in Philly, I mean, we I think there's a badge of honor we all wear about the, yeah. uh, you know, the, the reputation that the city has and uh, it, it's well-earned and it is, you know, there, there's, it's funny that when the Eagles won last week to move to 12 and one for the season, uh, there was a, there was a meme that was being shared by the fact that there was a, there was a traffic sign one time that just said, avoid Philadelphia. And people just started posting that uh, because it, it's not a bad idea. We get very, very excited about things and uh, can be rather braggadocious about stuff. I think I was just excited about that because I just rewatched the Sopranos. So oh, there yeah. will be um, derogatory terms for Italian Americans that you can use, but I can't use, but I will be using uh, throughout this uh <laughs> episode uh before we really get into it uh it's sad to to have to do this and have to say this mm. but a uh, big you know man just rest in peace mike leach uh, a yeah. friend of the sports gambling podcast network uh you know I, I it hit me hard i i have a feeling it probably did the same to you matthew yeah i mean he was a guy who was just a character i mean you you love people like that in in any sport particularly college football, where there's so many serious people, self-serious people, people like, you know, who are great coaches, Dabo Sweeney, Nick Saban, et cetera. And to see somebody like Mike Leach, who is just as comfortable talking about philosophy as he was, you know, Native American history, as he was the law, as he was football, he was just such a well-versed person, always reminded me the phrase of, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, but he was uh, just such a great guy and a funny guy. I was been been reading old stories about his whole shtick when he faked the Texas uh, defensive coaching staff out by dropping a fake uh, playbook for when he was the yep. offensive coordinator of Oklahoma. I mean, just so many great stories, and and it was it, it that just hit so hard. It was just out of nowhere. All of a sudden, he was hospitalized, and you know, you think, well, maybe he'll just pop right back, and it, it became pretty obvious pretty quickly it was how serious it was, and just so sad to see it passing. 
he was teaching a class that he had started at Washington State and he brought to Mississippi State that was uh, football and insurgent warfare was the <laughs> title of it. Yeah, for, you know, for me, as someone, I, I believe you've probably heard me say this uh, before, who regards himself as a pretty weird dude. Um, what was always great about Mike Leach was that he was just admirably, unapologetically himself. And he was also a really weird dude. And he was one of the most successful people in his field. Like it didn't take long for every, like he passed away and it was, everyone was like, Oh yeah, he was a visionary. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's so certainly, you know, condolences to the leech family, to the Mississippi state family. Um, it's, it's sad. It's terrible to have to talk about this time of year. Uh, yeah. but you know, we're gonna, we're gonna pivot and, uh, we're gonna yep. talk about something, uh, that was brutal for me last weekend, which was, uh, you know, Oakland park racing. Did you get the chance to catch any of the cards? I, I got, I only got a chance to watch on replay, uh, because I was at a professional conference last weekend, but I was still, uh, uh, oh, you know, we got an aristocrat yeah, aristocrat here. Yeah. Uh, and, but one of the things I'll say is I was struck by not just Oakland, but it just feels like this whole last month, every weekend, the big races are just being run in the slop and the mud. And it's just been, they're just have not been great conditions. I mean, the cigar mile day card was on a sealed track in the slop and the Oaklawn opening weekend was just, it looked miserable. It looks like this weekend at Oaklawn is actually supposed to look beautiful. It's it'll in terms of at least not being rainy, it'll be sunny uh, and cold, but it won't be raining. Yeah. The, uh, the last, the weather is moving through right now. Uh, this is what I, I say to anybody who played last weekend and feels like they maybe have a bead on what's going on. Toss out everything mm-hmm. that you saw. You cannot take any track perceived track bias, any perceived pace bias, path bias, anything like that. You know, even weight breaks. You can't take that with you into this meet. You literally have to play this entire weekend like it's a brand new meet starting because it's like, yeah. okay, starting now. Uh, because <laughs> they had so much and it yeah. off tracks can be very predictable. Uh, mm-hmm. When you get a good seal on it, things like that, but not when you had as much saturation as we had in the lead up and during that weekend, like the rain was crazy. So there's no way they could get a seal on it. It just kind of did what it was going to do. And it was, it was very much a living, breathing animal. I thought. Yeah, absolutely. No, those sealed tracks can be, you know, just such a, you're right. I mean, they can be predictable at times, but it also depends on what type of races you have. I mean, it depends on the distances as well. It depends on the class of horse. It, it just so much, especially opening weekend where horses are coming in from other tracks and other conditions. And it's one thing to have a sealed track, you know, four weeks into the Oaklawn meet, and you kind of go, okay, I know what to expect. Or these horses kind of have a better sense of knowing what to expect. But you have horses coming in from all over the country opening weekend, and, and all of a sudden this happens. So, it, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's kind of a hard restart uh, this weekend. Uh, well, speaking of hard, it is the BBW show here on the Notorious OTB. I just made Matthew blush incredibly, but <laughs> we're not talking big, beautiful women. We're talking bankroll builder Wednesday. That's right. Everyone's going to have a hundred dollar budget. Me and Matthew can wager it on any race, any wager type. And we're going to talk about that more when we get back with more Notorious OTB brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast network ready to win money and boost your odds WinBet is now live in arizona colorado indiana louisiana michigan new jersey new york tennessee and virginia and bringing the excitement of win las vegas to online sports betting and casino play exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. 
Looking to get involved in the same game parlay? Win bet is your home with the win bet. Build your own bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today. Receive a special offer. Bet $100. Win $100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present the state where play through WinBet is available. If you're someone you know has a game, you're probably 1 800 522 4700. Back with Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't signed up already, you can still get a 100% deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code SGPN. Go to underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit match. Underdog is great for the weekly battle royale format as well as getting an early start with their playoff best ball. Remember, underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. As I mentioned, it's Bankroll Bilzer Wednesday. Matthew, who is you playing with? Back that ass up. All right, so this is for the Friday Oakland card. Uh, first post Friday, 1.30 Eastern, 12.30 God's Time. It's a nine-race card. Uh, you know, it, it's a little bit different than looking at it from a pick five because you have a sequence that you're – you're definitely going to play this. You have to kind of pick and choose your, your way through. So Matthew, I got to ask attacking the entire card. What was your strategy for, for how you were going to budget everything out? Yeah, I think unlike a pick five sequence, I tended to focus on kind of smaller partitions. So I played two different pick three sequences, um, focused on some daily doubles, focused on just some straight win bets or an exacta bet. Again, just smaller stakes. I think that's, you know, it's, it's it's great to talk about the excitement of a pick five sequence, especially on big days. But in terms of a bankroll builder, I mean, how many times do you have four out of five legs or something along those lines? In terms of building a bankroll, you're much better off going with much more manageable tickets of figuring out, okay, you know something, I have a really strong opinion about these two back-to-back races. Let's do a double. I have a really strong opinion about the top two horses in this race and ones of price. Great. Then just do an exacta. You know, I I just have a very strong feeling about this one particular horse. Great. Just do a straight win bet. You know, so just sticking to the basics, in my experience, has always been what's led me to increasing my bankroll. And that's right. how I approach this one. I, I I like your idea of sticking to the basics, especially with the reason being that uh, these field sizes are sizes are typically just so big uh, yeah. at Oakland that it makes stretching out past like a, an exacta in the verticals uh, pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. Those trifectas they pay yeah. well because they're difficult to hit. Um, I because of the four, five, six stretch, which all those races just looked kind of brutal to me. And it makes me, it's at that crucial pivot point in the uh, card where, mm-hmm. well, I'm definitely not playing a pick five either way because I don't like where it ends and where it starts. Uh, I decided to take those pick five sequences and kind of break them, uh, break the early into two with a daily double and a pick three. And then in the finale, uh, in the later half, go ahead and just kind of work my, my feature double, uh, you know, uh, my feature uh, uh, finale double kind of finish. Uh, and then kind of, kind of sprinkle in my, my best opinions with things like the old pick one and exact is kind of like, uh, like, uh, Matthew mentioned. So let's go ahead. Let's get into it and let's see. 
Ooh, looks like I was the only one with the play race one because. Oh no! I so all my stuff is down at the bottom uh, of Ooh, our okay. shared sheet. So I am also in race one. Oh, and the purple. Uh, I like it. It's the color of royalty. So guess yeah. first, please. Go ahead, Your Royal Highness. What do you got, race one? <laughs> so race one, it, it, this just actually kicks off my pick three uh, sequence. So I'll I'll play the pick th- the early pick three here, and. It's interesting. The reason I'm not going too heavy early in the card, only because this race, I had a hard time zeroing in on who I think is going to win. I think there's kind of three logical candidates, in my opinion. And so I'd rather, you know, when, when that happens to me, I always approach it from, okay, well, can I build a pick sequence out of this rather than just doubling down on one a particular winner that I may or may not feel that great about or spreading myself too thin on a, a a double sequence where I'm going three, three or something like that. Uh, so uh, ultimately I went with uh, the two, three and eight uh, are the uh, three horses that I identified in race one that I'm going to be including in my pick three sequence. Uh, so the two is the favorite one at this distance also finally gets a clean track. It's been in the slop the last two times out. I think third time uh, this, this will be kind of a little bit of the charm. So like that horse for that reason, the, the three is an interesting horse at nine to two. Ain't no sweetie uh, horse debuted on turf, then went to dirt at Remington park and won its maiden going away. What impressed me about this is the horse didn't need the lead. Uh, and so has a little bit of versatility there, I think, which might be well suited in this particular race as there's going to be some speed up front. I have a feeling. Uh, and then the, uh, eight is a horse that I just am kind of intrigued by. This horse will be on that early lead. Uh, the number one horse is also probably going to go from the inside rail, but G money live, uh, which is the number eight horse at 10 to one, just, I think presents really good value for a horse that just doesn't turn in bad races. Uh, and if this horse can, you know, get the lead and, and hold on, then you're really getting a lot of value there. So I, uh, use two, three, eight in the first part of my pick three sequence starting in race one. Okay. Uh, we were very similar. Uh, I stuck to the daily double and an exacta here. Uh, okay. I think we're pretty well in agreement with uh, the two. Jeremy for Greg Compton. Uh, gets the drop in class. Is going to get the the fast main track and has all the pace to run through. And you know, the one thing that I will take away from last weekend is it reminded me. It's something that's so simple, but you forget it. Is how important that middle move is on mm. one's track. If you can. If you can slingshot for what I call the swoop, there it is uh, around the the uh, the you know the the final turn. Uh, you're in a pretty good place to win, and I think that Deremy's got that middle move uh, that will win it. So I'm taking Deremy on top in an exacta, and then I'm wheeling in underneath the four, uh, recaptivating the six and the eight. Which you mentioned the eight, but let me go ahead and bring up the six. Uh, bad outlook who uh, bumped last out, but came from off the pace. Uh, also, I can kind of see this being like a uh, dare me bad outlook kind of finish where they're just kind of mm-hmm. moving as a team. But I went with the exact of two with over four, six, eight for five dollars. And then I played a daily double for ten dollars. Uh, I'm going two here. And if you've got to play race two, we can just go ahead and hash that out and do go the big, re- big reveal. Yeah. Uh, I, I keyed in on two horses. Uh, the seven herd immunity for Jason Barkley, who I'm just a huge Jason Barkley fan, and the eight released for Robertino Diodoro with Joseph Krong, which sounds like a mix between a Donkey Kong and a Krang from 
from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I, I thought released was the speed of speed where if this is crazy speed favoring, then uh, release could easily get loose. But I do love where herd immunity is going to be sitting in this next race. Uh, should be sitting stocking wide for the how you say swoop. There it is. Um, so I'm, I'm keeping simple here. Uh, race seven, I'm doing a five dollar. Sorry, race two, I'm doing a five dollar win on herd immunity. I play an exact a seven with a three four. I'm tossing that eight out underneath, just knowing that if eight gets up, I've got it, you know, covered with the uh, daily double. If Jeremy comes in, and then it kind of, uh, you know, doubles down on my my top opinion of herd immunity. Yeah, so we see this one identical. Uh, the seven eight is my top two as well. So I have the seven eight as the second leg in my pick uh three sequence and i also did a uh ten dollar exacta on the seven eight um you know for people playing oaklawn you just uh, the eight is just in my opinion just a pure diodoro play like it's just like oh diodoro off the claim at oaklawn like sure i'll play that because that's hitting at just such a high rate so uh i'm also a big fan of uh, Jason Barkley as well. The blinkers off move on herd immunity. I actually think it's going to be a good one. So um, it, it particularly given what the, how this is going to potentially shape up, but you know, Diodoro off the claims at 20% and is, you know, he's already racking up a 40% win rate at Oaklawn in a very limited number of efforts uh, this year. But, you know, just to give people a sense of this eight for 10 in the money uh, so far from his 10 runners. So, that's not bad. So I'll, I'll include that in my, in my uh, sequence. And like I said, $10 uh, exacta on the seven, eight. You know, I was talking to Jason Barkley, uh, I think probably last year. And he was, I was talking about how he picks, you know, who he matches his, his mounts up with. Mm. And uh, I think what he mentioned was uh, Elvin Gonzalez is his, his laid back, like chill jock who like no, when he has nice. a horse a horse that needs to stay nice and calm, relaxed in the, uh, you know, in the gate, in the paddock, that that's who, who he kind of defaults to. So I like that matchup quite a bit. And I'm hoping that uh, herd immunity can uh, drive it home, even though it's a, a terrible, terrible public health plan. Um, all right. <laughs> Looks like you've got action on race three. Go ahead, kick us off. Tell us where we're going in this $90,000 maiden special weight going two turns, eight and a half furlongs yeah. at Oakland Park. Yeah, I mean, this is so. This is the last leg of my pick three sequence, and this is where I am all in on uh, Bill Mott's horse, the number two, uh, who I think just makes way too much sense in this spot. Andy Cant, who uh, just seems to be improving the last couple of times out, I think really has taken to this mile on a sixteenth uh, as well. Ran really well at Churchill, finished second by a neck, and was just running late. So I, I was really impressed by that. Uh, and if you look at what else is in this field? It's it's not a large maiden special weight field. It's only a six horse field. Uh, and I'm not overwhelmed by at least, th- I mean, the four, five and six horse just don't really do much for me. The one horse is kind of interesting. Um, you know, second off the layoff, uh, plausible denial, but um, the, really the other major horse in here is the Cox second time starter, uh, the number three. And so for that reason, I, I don't want to get too cute and single a horse and a maiden special weight. And so for that reason, the play that I'm going to be using here is the two, three is going to be the last leg of my pick three, but I am going to do a $10 win bet on the two, uh, who is the second choice on the morning line at uh, four to one. Now, whether you get four to one 
we'll see. Uh, the Cox horse is going to take a ton of money, I would imagine, but because there's not a lot else in this field, I would imagine you'll, you may not get four to one. You may get closer to five to two or something like that on the two. Uh, but that's kind of how I'm approaching race three. Ladies and gentlemen, simple minds. Yeah, same here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly the same. Uh, that's a great drop. <laughs> I, I know it's a good ones that I haven't used yet uh, from Saturday Night Live introducing hosts. Ladies and gentlemen, salt and pepper. <laughs> and what's this? My stars. And Peppa! You know, John Mulaney, if you know, you know. All right, so race three, yeah. Matthew, you pretty much said it, so I'm not going to rehash. I- I'm on the, the two and uh, three. Um, I mean, Andy Cant, first of all, I just got to point out that it did run at Kentucky Downs, for which I am a dirty little pig boy. Little pig boy. Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch, baby. Mistress gets the stand on. So uh, I'm using those two. And actually, you know what? I zigged. I lied. Uh, I, st- I believe I was going to start it off 2-3. And I actually started off 2-4. I went 2-4 in a pick three. Oh, interesting. A $1 pick three. Uh, and then since I'm not covering the next few races, I went 2-4, 7-8, and then 1-2-3-5-9 in the Arky. I believe it's the Arky bread in the fifth. Mm-hmm. Um which, uh, or sorry, it's just a $30,000 claimer for 30, uh, for two-year-old fillies. But, uh, like I said, that one felt chaotic to me. Uh, anything for race four? Uh, nothing for race four, but just to, uh, put a pin on the pick three or to to wrap a bow around it, the early pick three that I did, it was a $2 ticket. Uh, so it goes two, three, eight, seven, eight, two, three, and it's a $24 ticket. Uh, so that was, uh, how I approached the early pick three, but yep. yeah, and I was, race four. I was a $1 pick three in race three, two, four, seven, eight, one, two, three, five, nine, also $24 play. Stop copying me. You, uh, so go ahead. I laid off. I decided to let my pick three, my big spready pick three play through this, uh, where I didn't um, have you know, six horses here. Um, what did you go ahead do? Sorry. What did you do for race five? I mean, it's a maiden race. You might yeah. find a price here. So yeah, I love maiden claimers. Absolutely love them. And I, I didn't find a huge price up top, but there was a lot of intrigued prices. I think that have a really good chance of finishing underneath. So that was a lot of what my strategy was here. Uh, I am going to fade the favorite in this particular race, which is the Diodora horse that's out of Tis now. Uh, and that is the number three horse, Jane Bond. I actually really like the number two, Happy Hollow. This is my pick up top. This is a run happy who's getting a, a weight allowance with Rene Diaz up. I, I love Rene Diaz. Uh, I just think he's such a good uh, young jockey. So a uh, big fan of him. And uh, and also John Ortiz is a trainer. It's just somebody I really trust, quite frankly. Uh, and a, a name that I, I think a lot of people in horse racing know that maybe the casual fan don't know. But a uh, big fan of this particular horse. So I really like the two up top here. But I'm particularly intrigued by some of the underneath plays and in particular the five, six, seven. So the five is, I think kind of an interesting horse that is like I said, nice play underneath. There's good trainer stats there. The jockey's been running really well at Oaklawn three for 13 uh, so far. And uh, 
you know, you, you also see a trainer who is winning 13% first time out and 19% in the maiden claiming circuit. So you, you like that kind of those stats. The six is interesting and there's a much bigger price at 12 to one uh, out of, horse out of cloud computing or uh, from cloud computing out of Lady Lola. And this is a horse that had kind of issue first time out at Delaware Park, but I, I really like the fact that a lot of times horses come back second time out and that's their best effort. Uh, this was a horse that got kind of jostled around a bit at the beginning uh, and then was just kind of in the back the whole way and was never able to make up ground because of it. But I think a cleaner trip and this horse has a real shot uh, to to run well in this particular spot. And then the seven is getting a drop in class, is going back on dirt because they've been alternating between dirt and turf on this horse, getting back on dirt. And quite frankly, I just sometimes bet gun runners, uh, especially if they're at 12 to one. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. Uh, and so my play in race five is a $10 win bet on the two and then a $5 exacta with the two over the five, six, seven, which is a $15 ticket. Uh, and then I also kick off daily double here with, uh, with the two in the first leg of it and, uh, also start another pick three sequence where I single the two in this first leg. So did you unwittingly choose the short leaf stable horse so that I would have to play this second drop? Little pig boy comes from the dirt. <laughs> He's a weasley little mud grub who needs to be stood on little pig boy. That's right. Little Pig Boy's country of origin is the Arkansas dirt. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's not a republic, but it's a republic so that my country thing tracks. Yeah, uh, I, I like that horse quite a bit. So I like your gun runner. This is my counterpoint to the gun runner is. I feel like if it were like a like a gun runner, gun runner, it should have won by now because those things I are agree. Just winning, yeah, winning like crazy. Um, And then I look at the performances. And I look at the workouts. And I think this horse needs to lose its balls. And then you see it's a Philly and it's like, there's, there's a focus thing here. I don't, I'm not sure. And so taking the blinkers off is what, what makes me a little, a little concerned there, but you're going to get your price. You have the fantastic pedigree. You've yeah. got Jerry Hollendorfer. Who's not welcome in California any, anymore here. Just, you know, <laughs> living neath the law. Um, so, you know, I, it's, it's a very interesting horse and one that I'm, I'm glad you, uh, you brought up. So. Yeah, I was playing through to the one, two, three. Was it five, six, nine in in this one? Um, okay. Let's see, race six. Were you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. Uh, race race six is maybe my strongest opinion on the card. I love maiden races. You have to understand that about me. I if I I you want to play the dirty pig boy, uh, drop again. Feel free because when I see maiden races, my eyes just light up. I'm like, I love playing maiden races. Um, so this one, I just think this is. I think it's, this is the Asmussen and you just move on. I think it's communication memo, the number four horse. And I just don't see anybody else in this field. That's going to beat this horse. And, uh, you know, I, maybe I'm looking past something very obvious, but I just feel like this horse's last effort is more than good enough to win in this particular spot. I actually think stretching this horse out, is going to be a good thing. Uh, Bolt Doros have actually been doing better stretching out uh, as of late. So, I, you know, I just think this is a four and you move on. You know, you, you didn't see the last three, uh, meet leading jockeys opening weekend. Uh, cause technically they're two jockeys who've done it the last three years, but, uh, between David Cohen, 
and Ricardo Santana Jr. I'll tell you what, looking at some of the names in this colony, now when you see Ricardo Santana Jr., you have like a, ooh, daddy's back and everyone's going to be in trouble kind of kind of feel. <laughs> you do, it, which a little bit. I'm not the the biggest Ricardo Santana Jr. fan. I think he's really got his place. I think he, he yeah. knows what he's doing at Oakland. He's got his move he's really good at. But he might kind of tower over this uh, this colony currently, uh, excluding Kylie jo- Jordan uh, because it's her world and we're all just living in it. Apparently, I like Kylie. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not even going to hate on her for the Tyler's tribe loss just because that was the track just all of a sudden just shut down for speed, and that was Tyler's. You know, Tyler's yeah. Tribe's move. Yeah. So, I mean, she wrote her ass off this uh, this opening weekend. Yeah. All right. So, I believe I moved on to race seven. Having to do some scrolling. Like I scroll down to Matthew's part of the outline and it's so purple. It looks like a frat party that Shaquille O'Neal would <laughs> attend. But just to be clear that it's funny. So that sixth race, I'm I'm singling the four in my pick three, but I'm not actually betting the four because you're not, I mean, that four is going to go off. On, I'd imagine below even money. So it's not even worth right. Like for me, I'm not, it's not like I'm going to put a, $20 win bet down and win six bucks or something like that. But you, know? you bring up a, I think a good point, which is um, you have to learn what to do with a horse. That's not going to lose. You right. Know, that's uh, you, you have to know it's not worth it to win bet. You have to know when to make your moves to go vertical when you make your moves yep. to go horizontal. So I, I think that's a, a great point that you bring up, Matthew. Um, yeah. Let's look at race seven, uh, eight and a half furlongs, $50,000 allowance. Um, I have fallen in love with a hard knock, Bad luck horse uh, in in this uh, race that overcame a bump last time to win. Um, I'm on the six deep state seven to two on the morning line. Uh, I mean, I t- tends to either find trouble or be found by trouble, but is really game efforts despite finding the trouble. Uh, first off, the claim for Bentley Combs, who is uh, heir to the Bentley Combs fortune. Um, just top hair utensils from Schenectady since 1883. <laughs> um, but I like what I like about this claim for Bentley Combs is it doesn't come out of uh, the Cox barn. It doesn't come out of the Deodora barn. It doesn't come out of the Asman bar- Asmussen barn. So I have my mm-hmm. angle of pl- – don't have to use my angle of fading uh, first off the claim out of out of quote-unquote super trainer uh, yeah. barns. Um, then I love the ability to make the middle move. Uh, and I like where it fits in the, in the pace setup. So – uh, and this one, I it's uh, it's $6 total. I'm getting, how you say, crazy with the cheese whiz because I, I like some some big kind of prices here. I'm going with an exact box. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a time and a place for everything, and that's College <laughs> Oakland Park. Um, I'm playing uh, the three rewire, the five quick to blame, and the six deep state in an exact box. Let me see. I had the odds pulled up. It, race seven, which, I mean, quick to blame, five to one, deep state, seven to two. And the three to rewire 15 to one has the bomb potential. So I, I, I really like the horse, but I'm, you know, like I said, it has a lot of bad luck runs gutsy efforts, you know, finishing second, you know, second and third. So I, I definitely want to box it up this time. And uh, I kind of think that there's going to be some pace chaos when Mac daddy uh, two gets locked into a, a pace duel early. Yeah. So I really don't like the two at all in this particular race, either the favorite Mac daddy. This is a horse that's primarily on the, the turf and is actually stretching out. And so I just, yeah, uh, that he's he, maybe the easiest toss of all the favorites on this card, in my opinion. Um, so I went with some other bombs. So I also like, just to be clear, I also really like the six a lot in this particular mm-hmm. spot. I think the six just fits, makes a lot of sense, uh, a hard to get past and you're getting a nice price. Um, 
I really like, I mean, I'm so this is the last leg of my pick three sequence. I singled the two and the four in the first two legs. So I can go a little bit deeper in this particular one. So I'm going five, six, nine, ten 10 uh, in this one. And uh, the five and six we've already talked about. I'll talk a little bit about the nine and 10 who are 15 to one and 20 to one respectively. Uh, these are big prices. So the nine just feels like a horse that is always right around there. Uh, and just doesn't turn in a lot of bad efforts, has been running at these kind of allowance uh, level races at Remington Park the last few times out. Uh, and this is a horse that, you know, had some, you could say some potential and some promise early on, really on the turf, uh, you know, debuting at Belmont, running at Saratoga early in those big maiden special weight races. Uh, so this horse has some ability. Uh, and I, I just think this horse has been, like I said, running pretty strongly the last few times out I, I think this horse may have a shot also has really good late pace figures uh so if there is that pace breakdown up front uh then you're going to see this horse coming running late the the 10 is a total hunch tiger moon but this is a horse that really didn't show much of anything early on then goes out and just runs a banger at oaklawn in a maiden 40 mm -hmm. and just blows the barn doors off of everyone going from dead last or, or second to last, I should say an eight and a half lengths back to winning by six lengths running that on a 16th distance and then promptly takes five months off from April to, or, or longer than that, I should say uh, seven months off from April to November. And then just runs in a $20,000 starter allowance, which that's just getting the horse's feet wet again, uh, honestly. And so I just think second back, this horse, I think there's something there. I don't know that that last the, the fact this horse ran a 71 buyers to break its maiden, then takes seven months off, comes back, runs a 66 first time out and shows the ability to actually progress late despite having a super wide trip. I think second time back from this long layoff, this horse is going to outrun its odds at 20 to one. And I would not be shocked if this horse won this race. And I mean, connections mean something in Oakland Park. You're getting 10 strike. Uh, that's something you can't really turn your nose up. It's not, I don't believe, a traditional kind of 10-strike trainer. I'm thinking of Brad Cox. So they've got mm -hmm. a few other people that they they kind of work with, with uh, Lindsey Schultz. Between just new people and what I'm calling nepotism downs, like I'm just in a tizzy. Like or, it is for real nepotism downs because you got Keith Asmussen riding for Steve. You've got right. Riley Mott training horses, who's a baby mm -hmm. bill. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you've got uh, Martine Villafranca, who I just assume is right. Frederico Villafranco's kid. So, yeah. God, just nepotism, nepotism down. This is how people get generation wealth. We have to fight back. <laughs> yes. All right. So that covers it for you. I'm going to hit race eight. It is a eight furlong, $104,000 non-winners of two lifetime allowance. Um this has Chernobyl written all over it. Yeah. Um, and not like bad Chernobyl, like the actual Chernobyl, like good Chernobyl, like the miniseries that HBO did, which was 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 really good. That had the main right. guy from Mr. Deeds uh, in it. I've never learned his name, even though he's a great actor. and He's been in a lot of really oh, good things. So I know him from uh, as Lane from Mad Men. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, but that's how I know him. So, yeah, but I don't know his name either. Jared, it's, maybe Jared something? I don't know. It's like if you need someone British, pathetic, and Weasley or someone... British and like super dickish. It's like he's the he's the person to call in. And I see you googling, so I really appreciate yeah. you doing that. Um, yeah. So this race, you have some 
pace is going to push from the inside, then you have a ton of outwardly drawn speed. You're going to have all sorts of speed horses just hung crazy wide here. Like this sets up perfectly for a horse to come from off the pace. Uh, I love it when people give horses names uh, that are running styles and they definitely do not pan out to be that running style. Cause I like the, the speed bias for Ron Moquette who started off just hot as a pistol last weekend. And as did uh Rafael Bejarano, who's glad to see him back East mm-hmm. uh, and didn't fall off first out of the Cox barn. I like to fade that angle horse fired first out of the Cox barn. I kind of really mm-hmm. like it for the second start. Great works on the local track leading into this race. Um, yeah, I, I'm using speed bias to come from off the pace again. If the, if closers just can't get there, I'm what the French call lay fucked today. But I'm going to play a $5 daily double here in race eight, and that's going to tap me out. Um, I, I'm just going to hit race nine real quick. Outside post, always from wherever the field guide size gets really large. So I used the nine and 10 Allo Henry, and uh, mm-hmm. don't have the nine's name in front of me, but uh, also used uh, Sir Peel. Uh, who's kind of a bomb potential here? So I'm. Oh, for... Salty Jones is the nine horse. That's or no, you use no, you use the six horse, Classy Socks. That's who you used. Yeah. While you're searching things, could you Urban Dictionary what a Salty Jones is? Because I have a feeling it's got to be something. <laughs> I don't. I don't need that in my search history. Yeah. There we go. So. Good. Good point. Uh. <laughs> right. So yeah, the daily double four uh, to the two nine ten using speed bias coming from off the pace, hoping for a closing bias. Uh, here uh, to to round it out and damn it damn it if i if i'm gonna get aloe Henry. like if this horse is gonna win it, it better be fucking now in the finale I, that's so this is one of the reasons i actually stayed away from this race was i just i kept going through that race and i was like i don't want to use the 10 i really don't want to use the 10 and every time i kept looking at this race i kept coming back to use the 10 and i was like i just can't play this race like because i just don't i do not trust this 10 at all and I just had questions about everybody else. And so I was either going to have to really spread or use the 10 in a way that I didn't want to. And so that's, you know, sometimes you got to, as Kenny Rogers said, you got to know when to, know when to hold them, know when to fold them. And you uh, know when the, the fried chicken goes under the heat lamp and you got to know what condition <laughs> your condition is in. Also, I you think do, you got to know all these things. You got to yeah, get man. out of there sometimes. And it's like, all right, I'm not going to play this one. So since you're glancing past, it, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into it. Uh, so with Sir Peel, the Chelsea Moisey uh, horse, the number two uh, first, uh, John Geraldo had a great start to the meet last year. I know I'm kind of chasing things from last year here, but I'm confident hmm. he can do it again. Uh, you know, the horse has been up close in the mix uh, through quick fractions, through slow fractions. And, you know, it looked like one that that had a chance. I wanted to cut it to three for my budget and I was, it was between that and using uh, Skyped with Calvin Bow Rail. Yep. Yep. Uh, and also, I, I was looking at uh, was it Kiss of the Nile uh, from Martin Villafranco as another one, but Kiss of the Nile I want to avoid because the horses ran eight times, never once getting close to that ten, and you're dead to me. Uh, which I completely, you know, overlooked using Aloe Henry, who's uh, o o three and two for eleven. Um, but yeah, the, the, I went with Sir Peel because it seemed like more of like a, a new shooter here. Yeah, uh, I, I, I get one. that. Yeah, Sir Peel had a lot there. I I, I really liked Skype, uh, except I just couldn't get over the layoff and the fact the trainer has no success off the layoff. Uh, and uh, the horse hasn't necessarily fired off the layoff either. And so I just, 
I couldn't get there on Skype. There were a lot of other things I really liked about that horse. The price at six to one looked really good, but I just couldn't get there uh, on on that particular horse. But that was definitely what I looked at trying to consider trying to get around the 10 in this particular case. And so, and with Salty Jones, it's a second time starter that's under uh, a new trainer, uh, Todd Jordan, who I, I assume is uh, either married or, uh, you know, otherwise kin to Kylie Jordan. Uh, so you got the family relations up. It's Jordan racing. It's very much the pet horse. And I mean, we like, I, I like Allo Henry. Uh, I mean, Smarty Jones, sure. It's got a notable name for, you know, uh, breeding Smarty, Smarty Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I, I gotta say comes to Arkansas breeding. You don't get better than a Jonesboro with the, uh, the 10 Allo Henry. Mm-hmm. My Fapiano. That's what I'm talking about right there. I invited Ren Carruthers on to do an Archie bread maiden episode. Like I okay. wanted you to put your pet geek stuff to the test with some of these, like whenever you're now, you know, doing analysis for Portobello roads and Jones yeah. Burrows and, and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. like that's going to be fun for you. It is. It, it, I'll be honest. It's why I think Oaklawn is more fun than a lot of other national tracks, even though, I mean, Oaklawn has that national profile, but it, you get these distinct Arkansas breads and these distinct pedigrees, and it just feels more local than when, I don't know, like even the New York breads, maybe because John and Brielle announces that every time New York bread wins a race, uh, you know, it just, I, I just feel like New York breads are kind of overblown. Everything in Kentucky is just Kentucky, even the stuff down in Florida, like the Florida breads, there's a whole lot of shenanigans that go on down there where they just like move the horses down there for like two days. Uh, and they, you know, Oh, it's a Florida bread horse, but the horse stands in Kentucky and like all this other stuff. So there's, but I just feel like Arkansas has got a very distinctive flavor to it. I, I like that about it. It makes it, it, it reminds me a little bit of actually like parks, up in Philly, like it's a Pennsylvania bread. Like that's right. a big thing or like Laurel with Maryland breads. Like there's, it just feels more like that regional track, but on a bigger scale. By the way, we'll have to have a coin flip for who can claim Smarty Jones more between, uh, <laughs> between Arkansas and Philly, you know, Pennsylvania, because, you know, you went a race once in Oakland. We claim you for, for fucking <laughs> ever American Pharaoh. That's us, baby. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I think with the Arky breads, there there are two things. Uh, one, if you ever want to just pour a bunch of money into breeding a really nice horse and just racing it in Arkansas bread races, like you could win millions of dollars if you bre- mm-hmm. breed the the Highlander of Arky breads because the yeah. pur- the purses are so good and some of these horses are so bad. And two, I love the hometown crowd takeout reducer by name only. Uh, there are a few examples of this. Razorback Red years ago. That horse always got bet down. Hunter Henry a couple of years ago, named for Little Rock, Arkansas, native Arkansas Razorback and New England Patriot. Yeah, yeah. Hunter Henry. And then current, now former Arkansas linebacker, Bumper Pool. He's got a horse. So I'm waiting to see who there's got to be a KJ Jefferson waiting in the wings like to right. make his start this year. And I will bet that horse every time unabashedly. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic that, that use of uh use of the name just to dig in although i should say it's funny on pennsylvania derby day there was a horse in debuting at parks named didinger named after longtime philadelphia sports columnist ray didinger mm-hmm. and that horse just got i think bet got that bet down to like three to five yeah. uh and because people are just like oh i love ray didinger and they just put money on it so no, I, I always love that. That's that, 
that's what makes the track fun, I think, is uh, is those types of connections. Now, I did want to ask you one question because we've been, you know, I've when I was trying to think about betting, I you know try to Matthew, take you know how I feel account, about hand hand raising, please. <laughs> yeah, but, yes, Matthew, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> my question is, how close do a lot of the morning line prices reflect come post time? Because there are some tracks where you look at the morning line and then you look at what post time it's like these horses are 10 to one on the morning line and then go off at five to two and, and sometimes vice versa. I didn't know how much movement is there at Oakland as somebody who plays it almost every day or, or at least pays attention to it every day. I mean, it really depends in these huge fields. There's a lot. Um, yeah, yeah I, it seems to be the pattern where unless there's nothing to like about the favorite at all, you will usually see that favorite stay the favorite, mm-hmm. but you'll also see in, incredible just price shifts late okay. um which I, I i don't know if we allow the computer assisted wagering i don't think we do we might i don't know or they might shut it off at a certain time but uh you'll you'll see horses that are huge prices just get slammed down uh from like 30 to one next thing you know they're like nine to two seven to two and you're like well they knew and that should right. make it to my 2023 goal to become a they um because it seems fucking handy <laughs> It does seem handy, although the although there are so many times that it's that they knew the thirty to one horse gets hammered down, and guess what? The thirty to one horse runs like a thirty to one horse, yeah. uh, and, and so I, I just, you know, that's one of those which can be frustrating. False flag, as well. it's a false flag, bro. It, it flag. is a false flag operation. So it, it's one of those where you know when we give out these bankroll builders, as much as I'm going to absolutely key these bets in on Friday, I also am going to keep my eye on the on the. On, on the lines and if one of these big prices isn't a big price anymore then suddenly it's not as appealing to play underneath and i might have to you know you, you have to be adjustable in these spots uh to identify what's going to be an effective price especially if you're playing like a pick you know pick three pick four sequence in, in one of these and you have two or three prices that suddenly aren't prices anymore then suddenly that you know 24 28 30 dollar ticket that you put together may not be as profitable if you have chalk in another one of the legs. And so it's just, you know, something to keep in mind. You know, something I used to do whenever I was playing in like the live bankroll tournaments on like Naira, uh, Naira Naira Mm bets and and places like that was I would make myself a little daily playbook. That was something like you could literally from a spreadsheet print out, put in the palm of your hand and carry with you. And it was who I think thought was going to win each race. And then my Mm -hmm. get out odds for a win bet for every single horse. Great. What's the price that I, I drop out of it? And then, you know, to take it a step further, you can do the same things with your exactas, things like that, because you have the probables. You can see what you're going to get in return. And you can set a floor price that says, hey, I'm going to I need to scratch this out or say you decided to key one on top. You put three underneath. You're doing a $15 exacta bet, $5 base. Um, well, if you bet one, you know, $5 exacta to a heavy favorite, it pays four bucks. And you're only getting 20 back on your 15. Well, it doesn't make sense to keep those same denominations shifted around. You know, put two on an exacted two long, long shot. Put you know a little mm-hmm. bit more on the next one. You know, make really you can really dust these out. And that's the great thing about these vertical bets when you're not playing uh, boxes like I am because there's a time and place for everything. And that is Oakland in college. <laughs> no, it's a it's a great point. But you should you should always have a plan. Always have a plan and yep. how you how you're going to manage it. And if it you know what? If it doesn't get your price, don't say fucking play it anyway. Just take that money 
and hopefully you have a better opinion later down in the card and you have more to throw at it. So, uh, you know, I'm definitely practicing what I don't preach because I'm the most impatient man ever, possibly. (laughs) Matthew's read my my stream of consciousness texting like he he knows, like (laughs) truly one of the joys of my life. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, you have no idea how many one-sided conversations you have seen Matthew have with me, even outside of the scope of the show. <laughs> I, and let me tell you something though. It's too bad that it's over text often because I'm laughing the entire time. I'm enjoying this one-sided conversation. I'm just not participating in this one-sided conversation. No, I know when you drop me a, a rolling crying emoji face that you, you keep it 100. All the way, my brother. All the you way. are the, the physical embodiment. Ladies and gentlemen, he failed to menace, but he succeeded in stealing our hearts. The bad man from reading. The physical embodiment of the 100 emoji. <laughs> Matthew DeSantis, thank you for joining. You got any big plans for this weekend? You got any other tracks you're looking at? No, I'm all in on Oakland this weekend, man. I'm the, That's what I'm looking at. I got the two stakes races on Saturday, so that's, that's what I'm going to be paying attention to and excited for it and i work in higher education so this friday is the last day of the semester and i got two weeks off after this so going to be enjoying the holiday season hope everybody out there listening is able to enjoy their holiday season safe travels to family and friends there we go well said i second i can't say it better (laughs) than what he said everyone be safe have a happy holiday if you stop listening now we'll probably get some some content in we got to talk the malibu because it runs on a monday Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna have to get that in late next week there'll be there will be racing at Oakland because you got it, you know, last chance to get the, the money to buy presents for the kids. That you forgot. <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to do it here. Uh, we will catch you next time. I've got uh, just a treat for you guys. Probably the best horse player I know, Bobby Marks, uh, joining me uh, mm-hmm. for our uh, Saturday sequence, which I'm going to let him pick it. Don't know what it is yet. So cliffhanger there. Give the show a like, a subscribe, a follow, write it a review. Uh, check out the SGPN merch store. I just got some cool shit from there. And mm-hmm. um Matthew, sum this all up perfectly in two sentences. Go. <laughs> Oaklawn's a great opportunity to play a track with a national profile, but a regional flair, and to make a lot of money in the process. I I mean, I'm not going to second that, but I will get her done that. Let's uh, go ahead and just go full Arkansas and just say get her done. Uh, that's going to do it for us. I'm not sure if I have any more words in my mouth. We'll be back next week with more Notorious OTV brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. 